0: Hi, you guys, and welcome to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and today we are continuing with our Trailer Cast conversations where people just like you reach out to be out on an episode of TrailerCast, and they propose what is the topic or the thing they want to talk about, and then we talk about it live together, and you get the unedited, raw version of what it is like when two people get together to do this type of conversation work. So. Today's guest is Kayla, and Kayla's prompt was this, motherhood. (laughs) That's my passion, the ebb and flow, the ups and downs, the dichotomy of it all. How in modern culture we are supposed to be doing all the right things, except we have no idea what the right things are. There are so many choices, so much information. Society assumes moms are happy and enjoying every damn minute, and of course we are not. We are stressed, overwhelmed, and overscheduled. Well, not now, thanks COVID. I have a story about my transition to motherhood. It's messy, dark, and light. It took me a full two years to embrace and enjoy it, like really enjoy it. Raising tiny humans to be decent and not assholes is hard. The load, the mother load I like to call it, is heavy. Maintaining relationship and connection is hard. All of it is hard, and it's easy, and it's amazing. My own story about motherhood and the stories of the mothers that I help, I believe with my whole body that we need to keep talking about the hard stuff when it comes to motherhood so women can feel seen, worthy, and validated in their unique experiences. Yes, Kayla. (laughs) Um, I'm pumped to get to have this conversation and excited for you to get to hear how it goes. Um, If you are already feeling like, whoa, this is going to be interesting, and as you experience your own lens of yourself as a mother or the mother who raised you Um, this is an invitation to consider the things that come up and so my encouragement to you before you even begin to listen is to maybe find a spot where you're able to listen to both your mental experience your body's experience your emotional experience and all the things that come up for you as we dive into this conversation on unscripted raw passionate motherhood welcome to trailer cast Kayla, let's talk about how we both just got here. What did you have to do with kids, dogs, and life in order to get to show up here today?
1: Uh, First, I had to hire a babysitter to come to my house to manage the children, Uh, well, child. Uh, The other is uh, we're we're phasing into re reintroduction into human life. So, um, he's actually at daycare. Um, but my youngest is still home with me. And so I had hire a babysitter in the event that he woke up from his nap. So I had to get him, I had to nurse him to sleep, get him to sleep. She showed up so that the barking wouldn't wake him up from the dog. And so she's watching TV. My dog is in here with me. so that I can be present with you without noise and or inter- interruption.
0: Right? Right? Yeah. Okay. I I didn't walk the dog this morning, so she was a psychopath when my babysitter showed up. So I sent the three kids with the babysitter and the dog on a walk to a dog park, hoping that they just make it there. And I mean, that, that's it. That's it that they make it there. And then maybe they'll make it home and they would have all used their energy. So it's a lot, this motherhood.
1: Yes, all the things.
0: Yeah, you actually call it the mother load.
1: I do. Um, so I, I started a bit of a conversational Facebook Live with a couple of service providers where I live in Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, and we would just go on live and just talk about things that are the heaviness of of motherhood and i use the play on words of the mother load in the sense that Um, I was actually just talking to somebody about this last night and it's like, so on a Saturday, you're like in your mind, you're like, okay, so if I don't shower before nine 30, I'm probably not going to shower today because we have the nap schedule and then we need to have lunch. And then after that, we probably need to go to the park to wear off all the kids energy and then we'll probably go have ice cream. And then, oh, but what am I going to have for supper? I should probably pull that out now, just in case all of the other things don't happen in the order that they're going to happen. (laughs)
0: Are you in my head? Do you live inside of me? Is this, <laughs> was I, there? am I this person? <laughs> I hear you yell, loud and clear.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's just that, um, it's the, it's the load. It's, it's literally the load that mothers carry.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause the, I've in trauma studies right like we we look at the difference between my friend kalita calls it the drip drip versus the boom boom so the just the slow pervasive drip versus like the big boom like the obvious ones that are locked in a date and place and time you know we know that when they happened and the mother load uh feels like the drip drip like it's just the constant pervasive i am mindful of everyone's needs all the time i'm on all, all open to you <laughs> a lot
1: yeah so much and and the the people who I work with and the conversations that I have around this are are just it's so full not only of those physical things and it's all about like okay managing expectations and what am I going to get today and what can I expect of you today and and also within that expectation it's also like boundary setting so like what do I have the capacity for today Like, right now, today, what do I have the capacity for? Do I have the capacity for like a 45 minute tantrum? Or do I have the capacity to give you a chocolate bar?
0: (laughs) Well, that's, yeah, that's progressive thought. That is, right? Because, so typically the motherhood monologue is, I can't give in to do that, right? And it's like, wait, that's not, the reframe clearly is that that's not giving in. I'm actually honoring what I have capacity for. Yeah, That's beautiful.
1: Oh, thank you. It's It's something that, that's a narrative, um, a reef, like I love the way that you said that, a reframe, um, because we, we are I, I love your, your phrase of like we are humans having a human experience, and like we're allowed to have feelings within all of that. And so it's like I'm actually giving myself permission to just be like human in this moment and not perfecting motherhood right now.:
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. that feels really healing even as I'm listening to you thinking oh I mean there's times I don't always have to wear the motherhood super cape yes yes okay so I would you feel comfortable if I brought up some like my own motherhood material would you be willing to walk me through it
1: of course
0: maybe let's give people a background real quick this is what you do yes (laughs) this is what I do do. Yeah. So the story I tell myself about motherhood is if I take that cape off for even a moment, it'll all fall apart and I'll be like my own mom, which was really hard and hurtful. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So that's where I get stuck. All or nothing.
1: So what would it look like if your cape was only on partway? Like, what if you only like tied it, not like too super tight, you just like, you loosened it a little bit.
0: Yeah, so you said that actually it felt like, um, my neck felt like there, it, I wasn't on a, co- a collar or a leash anymore. So the loosening, my neck quickly responded as in, ooh, I can breathe. Um, so my body is in alignment with that. My Fear instinct says, and what if you blow it when, you're, when you've loosened up?
1: Mm. Yeah. And blowing it, what, what, as a superhero, what's inside of that? What's blowing it mean? Mm. For me, it's, um, the worst case scenario, you know, like having my children become sociopaths or something. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, probability, probability is pretty low on that. (laughs) Um, but the, the story that, that I tell myself around the holding everyone and keeping it all together. Um, my, my narrative is that I have to be strong for everyone. So none of Almost none of my needs matter um, in in the heat of the moment. Um, And so the story that I tell myself around loosening that super mom cape is that everyone will think less of me, that I wasn't strong enough to handle it, that Mm. I didn't have it together enough to hold everybody else together.
0: Yeah. Others' perception of you. Right. Do you know what your Enneagram type is?
1: I'm a three. Three? I'm like a hard, I'm a hard three.
0: Right. So that would also line up a little bit, right? Okay. So so I sit next to you in the Enneagram and I have an inverse relationship to that where I feel like my blowing it would be I lose my temper because I don't, I just kind of don't. And the shame I would feel is that I knew I did it. Not that anyone ever saw it. It's that I I would know that I lost my temper even if it's even if it's justified even if it's in a, my, a closed house and my neighbors didn't hear, so internal my internal perception of self,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and of course the threes their internal voice often I mean it's, I mean every person I think it has a little shift on this but for me it said I'm not I'm not enough right mm-hmm. and so it's and needing the validation that like. Yeah.
0: yeah yes yes, yes. that's, that's it. It. yeah so yeah. okay yeah. mine is i'm bad my, just, i just live under a chronic banner of i'm just bad like just yeah. p- clearly pervasively bad the okay so in the what immediately comes next to me is the growth journey even in the enneagram is if i move towards seven towards my head center is what do i know to be true like what is am i a bad mom do i i mean am i and trying to use my some intellect Versus just all my big feelings That are always available to me And that helps Level the playing field for me a little bit That, no When I look for hard evidence I'm, I'm doing more than fine But it's hard It's hard It's also hard
1: Yeah.
0: How do you specifically help Moms redo their narrative? What is your mode? I know you have a very specific way In which you equip mothers
1: so my way is through expressive arts therapy um, with, with a, a side of all of the active listening and all of the motivational affirmations and um, building them up when they, when they can't themselves, um, believing that they are enough, telling them over and over again, even when they don't believe it, even when they roll their eyes at me. Um, so through expressive <laughs> through expressive arts therapy um i i had a really rough start into motherhood um i was just teetering on the edge of um postpartum depression slash anxiety you know yes. in the eight question screen that we have um and i but i didn't i didn't know it so i i knew it but i didn't believe it um because I I have the narrative that I'm strong and that I you know that I I have to hold everyone in this container, um, and when I went for my training, uh, my old my youngest was two, just turned two, and I was still kind of living with that like the fog wasn't there of the early days, but it was still like this is brand new, I've never done this before, I've never had these conversations before, I've never made these decisions before, I didn't know there were so many car seat safety ratings. Um, oh. I've never made so many noodles in my life. <laughs> um, and I went I went for my expressive arts therapy training, I I lived and I breathed this work for years before I, I went and got um, like an intensive kind of training. And the things that opened up in me around mothering were so clear in those moments, in those moments um, being messy with art and all of the dancing and moving bodies and um, singing and, and all of, all of the things um, it was a really hands-on training. Um, And and in that moment i knew that i wanted to work with moms but in that moment it became so clear how guarded and how we all armor up for this job description that we call mom and it was it was literally it was literally like all of my armor like just disintegrated onto the ground and i was able to be human again just, no, human. Um, just human. Just <laughs>
0: human. Will you say more about the armor up? This is beautiful. Either your own armor or the armor you see in the women you work with.
1: So the the way that I see it um, manifesting for other people is that the only identity they have is mom, and I, I use this metaphor. Um, in this sense of, you know, when when soldiers um, are created or called to that work, it's like that. There's that identity, and then there's the identity that they also have, like at home, as dad, as brother, as son. Um, and it's it's like it's almost like they they have to change in order to fulfill that role, right? I mean, they're they're going into like really really horrible situations and human suffering, and they see all kinds of things. Um, and so, with, with mothers, that armor, that like, it's like they're, it's like they're almost they're they're ready for battle, right? They're 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 ready for hard. They they put up walls. They um they expect really difficult things from people without communicating them. Yeah. Um, they expect really difficult things of themselves. I think without even Knowing it, you know, like all of a sudden, like the way somebody loads the dishwasher is like the thing that (laughs) fixates in your brain for like three days, and 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 I've heard it say in such a casual way, like, "Oh, my partner, I just can't load the dishwasher right," or "Oh, they didn't mow the lawn again," or "They forgot to take the garbage out," and and it's um, and while those things are very real, and the feelings behind those things are very real, it's Mm -hmm. the It's the attachment to them that I feel is the armor.
0: Say more on that. I hear you. For people that are listening who don't have a psych degree, the attachment to the armor.
1: The attachment to the armor is the, the, the attachment to, to the feeling, to the, to the injustice, to the loneliness, to the resentment it's it's within that relationship where where the armor i think starts to loosen mm-hmm. and or come off completely mm-hmm. around is it is it really about the dishwasher or is it really about your loneliness or is it really about the garbage or is it really about the fact that you really love to be intimate but there's children in your bed
0: yeah yeah yes yeah let's find out what's really happening Yeah. yeah i love that that is a way for people to go further than the surface disruption of trash and dishes to i feel unseen or unsupported or alone in motherhood that deflection right like when we just stay on the surface while the under is like churn 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 I could see where we would want to defend ourselves against that Mm -hmm. yeah I get a lot of questions from moms like I think the the resounding fear is is am I doing a good job am I doing okay am I or am I just totally screwing up do you get moms like that in your practice? The, how, does, how do we untangle that?
1: <laughs> Man, as, as you know, each person has their own story, you know? Um, and every person has their own way to untangle it. Um, a metaphor that I worked through with a client recently was a yarn ball. That was how she described it. And there was all the, di- all the different colors of yarn. It was like this big jumbling mess. And all the different yarn textures and colors were something. Yeah. yeah. Something that was heavy, something that was hurting, mm-hmm. um, something that was adjusting, like adjusting. Um, one, one of the messages that I work on the most is just that, like, you've never done this before. It's, it's like, it's like we're walking someone through that first time of loneliness or that first time of grief, right? Like you've literally not been a parent before, or if yeah. this is your second child, like this child is different than the first time. Um, and just what, yeah, walking, just walking them through that. Honestly, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's showing, showing them a way that they can still be human. And like you can still dance in the shower and be a mom. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that you've never done this before already feels healing towards. How could I know? I haven't been here yet. I, I I had to um, I talked to my my boys. They're seven and six, and I had told them earlier this year. Oh, was when of course when COVID hit and homeschooling began, and I sat them down and said, "Listen, this is." Um, I've never done this before. I've never been a, your teacher, and you've never been my student. And so we're gonna learn how to do that together. But I just want you to remember that I am also new today. And I think it was like the maybe the first time they realized that like oh that's a different th- that's different because <laughs> usually moms already been to second grade. Moms already done you know these things, and so. I feel like we leveled the playing ground that day to say, Hey, we're both new to this. So we got to just get in here and see what it's like. I could see where I could do that in other places too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So expressive art therapy, what kind of, what kind of activities, tools, what things do you do with your clients?
1: So, um, I do a variety. Of course, um, our literal time in history right now is a little bit limiting in terms of what, sure. what I can do in comparison to what I do when I'm able to share space with people. Um, so in, in a real traditional way, we, we paint it out, we draw it out, we dance it out, um, and, and by the it out, whatever they present with that day. Um, the majority of the work that I do with mums is around expectations and boundary setting. Um, that's, you know, some of the real struggles that, that people have. Yeah. Um, and so what that looks like is like, what does it look like in your life to use intentional music? What does it look like in your life to allow yourself to dance and move your body again?
0: Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, my light board is like lighting up inside myself because it's, I love when there's like, that's such a neat parallel to like, for one, whatever the it is, right? Because we all come with our own it. Um, and then it sounds like just like moving from rigidity to freedom, you know, as we're, whether that's through them, because I love when you said like the messiness. I'm like, man, we often don't give ourselves permission just to be messy in motherhood in, about anything. So to feel like, oh, I'm, I can make a mess here. There's freedom and spontaneity and there's, there's just a lot of, it's just free. I feel so free.
1: Yeah. Allowing, allowing the yes is something that, that I say a lot of the time, just like allowing, allo- just simply allowing, like, <laughs> you want to have a bath tonight? Let's have a bath tonight. You want to journal tonight? Let's journal. Like, I think more often than not, we do have these like thoughts, but we end up like scrolling or, okay, I'll just watch one more episode of whatever on Netflix or um, when really the thing that we'd really rather do is like sit at the kitchen table and journal or have a hot tea and, yeah, and call a friend or.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And those things aren't complicated. I hear you say that. I'm like, that's not complicated. Those are things I could do.
1: Yeah. Time. Time is another one. Like, I don't have time to do that. Or when would I find the time? Um, and a, an exercise I like to do with people is to, if they haven't already, to turn on the screen monitoring, like the screen time monitoring on their phone, and <laughs> i can be like, "I'm just curious, like how much time did you spend on social media last week? Like, just curious, you know?"
0: <laughs> I, I I tend to like cut through that. You're kind. I'm I kind of like look at them, like and just let the pause be the answer, like. Next, I don't know. I mean, I mean, what I hear is that you might be more afraid of this work, and you said time, but time is like red flag for bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> give, give me a real excuse. <laughs> yeah, I, I, one hundred percent,
1: one hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, bullshit screen. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And, you know, and I interpret bullshit as fear often, or I don't know how, or I don't know how to do this alone, or I'm scared, right? Like, or, yeah, it's usually, just, it's usually vulnerability. And so we come up with an adult sounding, responsible thing to say, like, I'm very busy. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, there's I compassion.
0: But first it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um would you be open to talking about your messy entrance to motherhood? What that was like for you?
1: Sure. Um, I think I've wanted a baby since I was twelve. You know, like I was very I you know played family. I mommed all of my friends. Like I was I was the mom of the group. Um, I also hung with a lot of boys, so it was also much more welcome um, than you know hanging out with girls and mothering them. Um, and my and my entrance was that I thought I would love it. Um, <laughs> I thought I would immediately love it. Sure. And um, either I didn't hear it, like nobody told me, or I wasn't open to hearing all of the, like, um, the heart stuff. Um, because I'm sure people told me I wasn't the first person in, you know, in my circle to have children. Um, so I'm sure somebody said, Oh, just it's going to be hard. Or are you prepared for this? Or are you prepared for that? And, and I really thought I was, um, and then this tiny person exited my body and entered the world. And it shocked me how much I didn't enjoy it. it shocked me how hard it was um, it shocked me how angry i was um not 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 at him um it was towards myself and towards my my husband mm. and so it was um there was a lot of big feelings happening and um, I've been accused of kind of behaving like an emotional robot. So I also just didn't know what to do with that flood of feelings. Totally. Um, I've done a lot of work since then, um, in acknowledging my feelings, allowing them to come like, you know, all of the things that, that I would, um, myself and my fellow Enneagram threes, need to work towards work. <laughs> and, um, Of course I got there because babies are so cute and, you know, every time they fart, they smile. So, you know, it's, that is like a big win. But, um, I I remember the feeling. I remember the moment. I don't remember when, but I remember the moment I finally let go and felt the love and, um, my big, Flag, my big brick wall was fear is that if I love this tiny person and something happens to this tiny person or something happens to me, what will that look like? That's so real. Um, I was raised by a single mom. So also the dynamics of my childhood were not a two parent household. So I also just didn't know how to navigate the relationship stuff. Um, I'd never seen it. And and one day my husband just said to me, he said, you didn't have to see it. You just have to know what you want in a relationship. And okay. I was
0: like, oh. <laughs> Okay. Fair. Fair. Totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's right. Damn it. <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the yeah i would i mean this is like one of the times where i wish we were sitting in a room of 100 women so we can ask them like their moments too or what their fear is or what they're afraid of and um because it, it there is so much fear in it's a giant thing too right and i had a two parent system but really more of a zero parent system and so similarly thinking i would just become my parents because that's the only thing i would ever seen and so my fear was that, and that's still the fear of losing it would be like, if I ever lose my temper, I'll obviously automatically just be my mother, which is not true. It's just the fear I'm, I can't literally be her. I am only could be myself. Um, and so the, how the fear creeps up, gets settled, creeps up, gets settled and how his moms were constantly trying to overcome that all while also trying to raise said human.
1: (laughs) And a a conversation um, that I've been recently having, um, it's just been a kind of a theme in in not only conversations with friends, but also clients around this like parenting because we know better, Mm -hmm. you know, like we've done the work or we've gone to therapy or, you know, we, we've done, we've done that work and so we know better in parenting. And yeah. a lot of um, the stuff that I've been unpacking with people is just that we, we don't. Like, yes. we're, we're not horrible people, but we're also going to, there are going to be things that we can't show up for in, in our children. There are going to be things that um, they're going to need from us that we don't know how to navigate. Yes. and. Walking through that takes a, takes a vulnerability, just like you saying to your kids around the homeschooling, like, I've, I've not done this before. Yeah. And I don't know how to show up for you in this way.
0: Yep. Yeah. God. These would be the kind of conversations that would have been very freeing and relieving when I had infants, you know? <laughs> it's like, just the permission, you know? just the, Just to... To feel like okay like i'm okay mm-hmm. how can people find you if there's mothers whether they're new to motherhood or long-term veterans of motherhood where can they find your work or how to work with you
1: i am on uh facebook as uh kayla who's expressive art for moms and my ig handle is kayla dot who's and that's, that's where people can find me if they're interested in having any kind of conversation around this.
0: I'll, I'll link that for sure, but it's, um, it's such sacred ground and it's such tender ground. And the art approach, expressive arts, is such a lovely field and entrance for the freedom of expression, which is typically so pent up. And so it's, I just think I just, I've, I love, I love, I studied under an expressive arts therapist for a long time. And so I also love that the mode. it's so good. <laughs> um, what else in motherhood? What other things, motherhood and COVID, what other things would you want to put on the table? Oh man,
1: motherhood and COVID again, is just like granting them permission. Like none of us have lived this before, None of us have um, gone through something like this uh, collectively before. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a beautiful birth video um, the other day. It was a 100-year-old woman who was narrating. She had given birth in the middle of a pandemic, and she was narrating her version of what had happened and so um there was this line and it has resonated with me ever since I watched that video and she just said and then it was over and I was like deep breath and then it was over like and it and it will be um you know, we don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know how long we're going to mother under these kinds of circumstances. Um, I mean, mothering during that infancy is one thing, but mothering right now is, Mm -hmm. you know, um, depending on your family members or, you know, your workplace, like you might have not seen people for months at this point. Um, like really held space with them. Like videoing is one thing, but like, feeling somebody's energy is not replaceable, Um, and so that line of just like, and then it was over. I just like every time I get stuck in something or this is going to last forever, or this has been forever. Um, I just, I repeat that to myself. Um, I have a, I have a 10 month old and a a, a five year old right now. And so, um, one, I never thought that I would have to parent under these circumstances. Yeah. Uh, two, I never thought that I would have to describe um, not showing love towards someone. Um, you know, if we're going to go see somebody describing that to a five-year-old is like, yeah. you know. And there, the other day, um, he said, I'm worried. I'm worried about Grammy and, and is she going to get sick and, and all these things and and just... Yeah, I just, I never thought I'd have to have those conversations um, outside of like, you know, regular things that we kind of have come to kind of live with, like things like cancer or, or like, yeah the hard things um, yeah. just those other kind of hard things. And, and, and I just, the other thing that I just keep saying around mothering to anybody who will listen is that you can do hard things. Mm
0: hmm yes I have that written literally in my kitchen because I'm yeah I'm like I like so I have to look over there at it as if it's like some wise version of myself telling me hey Elias you can do hard things I'm like okay okay that's right I can so yes <laughs> you, you have survived 100 yeah. percent of your hard days yeah. thus far. Yeah. that's so good yes yes I have to see it because li- I like I, to remind myself so I I mean I write I write things a lot and I write them up and I put them places like a beautiful mind. I'm like, like, to like tell myself, Elise, you know how to do this. You've done, you are doing it right now. Right. Okay. okay. Right. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for the pup talk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Motherhood and COVID is, is strange. Also the different ways that moms are doing it which of course is just a microcosm of how all moms are doing motherhood differently and how we judge ourselves based on the permission that other moms give themselves so you know the moms that were hanging out during this the moms that disregarded it the moms that were super super restrictive the moms that were right it's like and then you know, I'd get moms texting me, are you hanging out with people? Are you hanging out? It's like, wow, we're all trying to check ourselves. Like, am I doing this right? (laughs) Yeah,
1: we are all at different places. And Mm -hmm. we're all going to approach it a different way. Um, My my worry is different than your worry. My my reasonable risk is different than your reasonable risk, which is different than, you know, other people's. Um, For me, not as like a global permission Giver, but like for some people your mental health kind of it like that's a factor in all of this mm-hmm. and so you know if your reasonable risk you know is to go see a friend at a socially distanced walk or you know talk at either ends of the driveway like by no means am I giving permission to people go like lick random you know benches or whatever at the park
0: <laughs> dang it <Yeah. laughs> but reasonable risk
1: like reason. What is the reasonable risk for you and your family? And and if you need, you know, today there's a babysitter in my house. Um, yeah, mine too. Mm-hmm. And and everybody, everybody needs different things. Like people, um, people are still going through relationship strife. People are still going through custody battles. People are still going through. Um, job loss. People are, you know, there's a variety of different levels to what people are experiencing and everybody is just doing the best they can, I think, to cope. Not only during COVID, just in life. Everybody is literally just doing the best they can with the capacity that they have right now. Right
0: now. Yes, yes, yes. Speaking for myself, I, my, my capacity has just shrunk during this time. And then knowing that, I had to set boundaries around that. So while I might usually have capacity to um, do all the kids' stuff and all this, you know, I, I was like quickly realizing, I'm like, um, you know, after we do that, we're just, we're just going to stay home. I don't have capacity to load up the kids one more time. And instead of telling myself a bad story about myself, I can say, like, that's literally all I got today. And that was enough. We did enough today. The challenge for me has come in the disappointment of other people feeling put off or like I'm not making time for them. And I'm, part of me is like objectively like, no, I, I didn't because I don't have capacity. Like it's not, you're not, I literally didn't have time. I didn't make the time because I don't have it. And learning how to stand in that as a strength factor rather than as a shame factor has been a lot of my work in covid
1: huge huge friends and i we were just having this conversation last night we were all checking in like okay supper sucks what are you having for supper tonight like i need inspiration and there's four of us in this group chat two of us were eating boxed food like (laughs) chicken strips and fish sticks or fries the other person ordered mcdonald's it was just like Three out of four of us, we were like, this, this is just is what it is.
0: Ailing it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can give room for that. The food stuff. My husband's a great cook. So usually I'm like, you know, kids, we, we will do the McDonald's situation. And so like maybe like, when you're talking like whatever the it is, we all have our it's, right? Like yeah, I can slide that. in the it factor there. And it's the people factor that I tend to push myself harder. Hmm. That's my more, more my kryptonite my weakness is letting others down and um but in doing so i let myself down right I, you know and i'm so i like wow at least like so the capacity you've left for today are you going to give that back to yourself and your kids or are you going to give that you know to other people's expectations of you mm-hmm. and it is clear, i mean i will say quarantine has been very clarifying for me as well mm-hmm. the people that i'm like i crave the people that i'm like ah it's been
1: kind of nice having some space Yeah. without the expectation or the obligation to to uh. to visit or entertain or
0: yes yes so so that first wave was the realization the second was at least you are no one's hostage so you could set that boundary yourself in kindness but you could you could live this way <laughs> like you could figure this out i'm like that's, yes, I probably could, couldn't I? <laughs> oh
1: yeah, all the, all the stories that we, that we tell ourselves. Um, one of mine is definitely that I'm not good enough and I really struggle with vulnerability. So it's like kind of a double-edged sword. Like, um, okay. I can't be vulnerable because then that would mean that I'm not strong. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not vulnerable with people then they don't know how I'm struggling which means they'll never know what's going on.
0: Yep. Yes. Yes, that's the double bind, right? Mhm. Have you found your way through that?
1: Through art, 100%. I ah. can I can put it all on the paper. Um, <laughs> The way that I actually calmed my nerves for this, this experience with you, because I look up to you and I listen to you all the time, um, was that I I did some art before, before this. And it was like, physiologically, I just felt my body unclench and just be like, you know who you are. And actually those were the, I give my husband props. Those were the exact words that he told me before he left for work this morning was just like, just be you. Don't be anybody else. Just be you. It's all good. Right. Um, you
0: know who you are.
1: You, you know who you are. You know, thanks Moana.
0: Oh gosh. I was just going to say that. Not funny. I literally watched that last night and I like every time she gets to that part,
1: you know who you are. Um, and so it's that, that part um, is, is me acknowledging and working through that is just that. Yeah. through, through the art, through music, through moments like Moana, allowing myself to feel that, you know, mm-hmm. who you are.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so good. Okay. Would you be are willing you to, willing show, to
1: or show or talk, or about, talk about your, art, about your art? art that you did? Yeah, sure. It's not okay. done, but it's, um, mm, so I started with kind of a swirl. Um, the clenching, that's how, what I wanted to kind of represent was that like the body connection of the the clench and the, a little bit of nerves. And, um, like we said at the beginning, the steps, you know, for me to, to get here were a little bit nerve wracking, um, yeah. just in terms of allowing the space, um, for this to unfold. And, um, as I went, the colors got lighter and lighter and brighter and brighter, um, and something actually that I was visualizing was um, your new picture with the the yellow flowers um, on it, just in the sense like I just I wanted to kind of create that connection mm. between between the images that um, that you've used to represent this this experience for you and I wanted to tap into that a little bit um, cool. by also just releasing um, that tension. Um, I really work in a body centered way. So it's like, where, where are you holding that? Let's breathe with that. What color is that? What shape is that? Um, and then getting that from our conscience, like the, okay, that feels like green or all oh, that feels like a triangle, um, mm-hmm. or it feels like a grassy field, um, to the paper. So then, then what is the experience between your relationship, the tactile between your hand and the color and the paper? And how are you going to, um, express that and have me witness it?
0: Oh, that's that's, be- that's brilliant and beautiful. How is it for me to see the art?
1: I love that part, actually. Um, I, f- I sometimes feel like my art didn't happen unless I show it to somebody. Yeah. If it's like people who document their baths all the time because if it, did, if it didn't yeah. end up in their Instagram stories, it didn't happen. Um no. And so, for some of it is just for me. Um, some of my my pieces are just for me in terms of right. my internal work, like just the things that I'm working through, the feelings that I'm having. Um, and other times, it it is more of a. I love actually to share the process, um, the process of where it started and then where it where it ended.
0: Yes, yes, it's beautiful. Yeah. And that maybe that's like, that felt like the tipping into the vulnerability of where I'm comfortable is in my art. And so I can practice the skill of letting someone in and then I'll, I can move that transferably into the places I feel less comfortable. And I just, I love you taking me on that journey. And I love the connection, how the art also became a bridge. I mean... I can see like that yellow rope, you know, it feels like I'm like, oh, I can feel like that yellow connection. That's so cool. Thanks. (laughs) Uh,
1: That, and you're right. That actually is the space that I feel like I can share the, the vulnerability piece. Um, As an angsty teenager, I would write my mom letters instead of having the difficult conversations verbally. Um, (laughs) And so I think I've always found sanctuary in, in that place.
0: Yeah. so I think the misnomer sometimes is we think we have to do the difficult thing and it's like well no we can start with what we know and then we warm up to that so we don't just plunge into I must rip off my big vulnerability band-aid and tell people hard things it's like nope um yeah I can show what I'm proud of I can show what I love I can show what I like what I'm into and with safe other <laughs> I can try and practice letting them see things that are that are less than that and then a little less and then a little less and a little less
1: <sighs> mm-hmm. exactly that's very yeah, that was very eloquently put
0: yeah it's a beautiful skill the skills that we have that I hear you even having of how do i have this conversation with mom well, in the only way i know how and saving some face right saving some face from the intensity and that is a beautiful skill to have you know and so then with with my own childhood skills and creativity i sometimes look to see like does this still fit does this still work is this still good do I need anything else? You know, or is this still operating well? It might still work for me, or it might do grow. Maybe you went from writing to art. Maybe it's gonna go from art to music or writing or speaking, you know? And so it just it gets to evolve as we evolve.
1: Absolutely. And I think all of it is practicing voice. All of it is yeah. is just a different way of practicing our voice and and speaking in a in a metaphorical way. Um it's not always verbally, but just what is inside of you that needs to come out, and how does it need to come out?
0: I love that. I could sit there all day. <laughs> and that. What is inside of me that needs to come out? Practicing voice. That's, that also feels like freedom. Um, not being afraid of what comes up, you know, and I, yeah, art is a beautiful vehicle for that, too, because I think we can In traditional therapy get intellectualize our experience or craft it and so when we get into art there it is that we are less capable of doing that because it really is the actual expression
1: yeah and it the the other thing that it feels it it feels scary but i think it also feels sometimes safer because it's it's at a distance and so this like this this on this piece of paper exists but it is not me
0: Mm, right it's outside of me now on this over here
1: and so this this whatever whatever the it is like you know circling back to that whatever the it is it, it can look like this today and it can look like something else tomorrow
0: yes 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 and that's the exact parallel that's supposed to be the work of of all the forms of therapy is that i've taken the it that lives inside of me and i've just gotten one degree of separation whether i've transferred that to my therapist or transferred that to my journal or transferred that to my paper to say to realize oh what i feel is not who i am what i have been through is not who i am these are that those are that's material that is not me So cool how all these things end up being so similar. Yeah. Yeah. Kayla, thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. Really, thank you.
0: I feel like it, I feel um, calm being with you. Like I feel, I do. I feel like at peace, and I feel um, maybe it is. Maybe does that that cape feels looser? Just even having these conversations, that I like wrote down so many things. I'm like, oh, I'm tucking that in my pocket for later for sure.
1: Thank you so much for this opportunity. Really, it was um, it was incredible for me just to share this space with you.
0: Yeah, I'm. Your work is very necessary in this world. Um, I think all the time, if moms could learn to live beyond their fear or shame or stories of origin, that the generation of children that are raised by those moms are going to be fearless and radical, right?
1: really wicked human beings coming (laughs) yes
0: yeah I'm here for that I am so here for that Um, I'm gonna maybe hit you up later but I would love to see if maybe we can I'd love to see a way to do some of your art if you do art again through like do you do that live anywhere through Instagram or anything you do I do
1: I do some of it live Um, I do post like in my stories and um, things like that yeah
0: yeah. okay it would be really neat to do an experience like that so people can have it and see it and get it um so we can going to talk about that too maybe when you're when this episode gets to come out to let's maybe do something together and you know you can be the master and lead us through an exercise or something oh that would oh, be that so would be great so, yeah 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 it's such, it's it's so, it's so it's vital to our creative expression in life so it's good Thank you. Oh, thank you. Wow. It was so lovely. I'm feeling like I'm in a place of calm after talking to someone. What I wrote down was, this is what it feels like to look and be with a regulated other is I immediately regulate to them. So Kayla, this is so safe and calm and steady. And I felt myself, um, mirroring or joining that sense of, Oh, that you guys in and of itself is repair. And so often we are looking in broken mirrors and places, trying to regulate in an impossible place and just being near a person who is regulated so internally put together is work in and of itself because it immediately has the literal neurobiological ability to regulate our brain our heart rate our body and our physical response so i'm just kind of putting some words to to the rest of how i feel just even being Uh, coming out of that, (laughs) out of that session that also clearly was for me. Um, that's one of the cool things I think about some of these trailer cast conversations is not really knowing where they're going to go and just going and going and, um, getting to share some of my own questions, thoughts, fears, getting to hear some of getting to get curious about yours, um, capacity. That's one major thing I'm taking away from our conversation is, My mother, my motherhood rules don't have to be rigid. They can be built around my capacity. So most of the time it goes like this. And when I don't have the capacity for that, then it doesn't go that way. And then because I'm a regulated adult, I can take care of myself and come back to capacity and then continue to proceed in my parenting. So... I mean, this literally happened for me last night. I had done my own therapy session. I was wiped out. I did not have the capacity for some of like the, like the stricter bedtime rules where I'm like, I don't know if I feel like having that conversation tonight because I'm, I'm bent, I'm burnt, I'm spent. So tonight, sure. You guys can all sleep downstairs on the couch together. That felt like what I could give myself because I was beyond capacity. Do they get to do that every night? Nope. Um but they got to do that last night and that's okay. That's, that's permission. That's, that is parenting in action. (laughs) And it's still parenting. I still made the choice. Um, it is, it feels, and I'll keep them to keep thinking about this, but I would wonder for you, do you ever let yourself not operate at full capacity? Do you ever make room for yourself where you pay attention to your capacity, not just your kids or everyone else's around you? Um, Or are you on the other side of the pendulum where you constantly feel like you are at max capacity and therefore feel stuck and like you can't do anything? You know, I think that there's a lot of room on the spectrum of I feel totally blitzed all the time and I'm always beyond capacity. Or I I have to always be in charge and in control and I'm always in charge of my capacity, right? Completely permeable to never be permeated. And so there's a flexibility when we honor the capacity that we actually have. Who needs more boundaries? Who needs less? Who needs more flexibility? And who needs more stability? Who needs less of a schedule? Who needs more? And maybe all of that is us, right? Like maybe that is me on every different um, day of the week. More boundaries, less boundaries, more schedule, less schedule. The... The point, and this is what I usually talk about in regards to mental health in general, is it has to actually fit you. So the way in which one mother does something is not a prescription for how you should do something, including your own mom. And that has to change moment to moment, kid to kid, because we're parenting in real time here. It is not a set thing. It is a moving, living thing the other um things that Kayla brought up that like stuck out to me was the armor right and the guardedness I think that's huge I think that would be a really interesting thing to pull apart and um and work with her um the singular identity the, that mothers have like I'm a mom and how that that tends to never come off even if you go to work or outside the home or you or you go anywhere else that that piece tends to remain and so just getting curious about when do I want to dial down that identity and allow other parts of me to surface? And if I'm afraid of that, what is the fear there? And just begin just playing with the curiosity of why I protect that identity so intensely or don't, <laughs> right? There's also a, another pendulum of swing of that, of the anti-movement there. And so just being aware, where do I find myself? Are there some days where I feel like I I don't know who I am at all outside of motherhood? Or are there days I resent that? Being curious, asking questions. And maybe making art alongside that. So Kayla is referring to a very specific, really cool, integrated form of therapy, expressive arts therapy. It's such a neat modality. Um, And it is more than coloring, okay? So she referenced music and movement and there's a lot of ways into that field and and forms of expression that are less inhibited right so if you think about if I said okay um tell me about your favorite memory from childhood and you would launch into a description of that right now if I said like can you show me that in one motion Could you show me that in um, one scribble? Pick your favorite color and scribble that on a page, right? When I ask you to show me, you almost slip back into the childhood movement or the childhood like zazz and scribble, right? The freedom and the fire, the intensity that children bring versus the description is it's like, we're putting adult words to that and and adult and adult and adult and adult heads to that instead of the child coming forward and getting to express it. And so there's a lot of really beautiful work we can do with our inner child and our and ourself self in that field. Um, other things of reflection that I'd love to kind of get into in our community group this week is what is your it? Uh, what is your hang up in motherhood? The thing that keeps you holding back or not taking care of yourself or what's the thing you fear? You know, what's your it? Well, if you had an opportunity to come Talk to Kayla about your stuff in motherhood, what would your it be? And whether if you are a mom thinking about that, and if you're not a mom thinking about your own relationship to your mom, what was the it factor there that was hard for you? Okay, so every one of us has an opportunity to do work around motherhood because we all at some point were born and, and a mother is involved in some way. Um, reasonable risk. That was killer i'm definitely gonna dive into that too in our community group you can go to the um, trailercast.com for more information on our community group but we meet monthly to kind of break down some of these topics and to dive further into what it means for you what's coming up for you what your experience is what your response is what questions you have what your story is so that we can have this be less echo chamber and more chorus hall so that your story gets a place to air itself and express itself as we all kind of move towards our own version of what it means to be well, of what it means to be ourselves. And yeah, like out here. (laughs) So personally in, in homage to Kayla, I'm going to do my own art right after the session. And as a kind of a, a nod to her work, she began our conversation today before we even got on doing her own art. And so I'm going to finish that as a, just a picture back to her. Um, just to say thank you. So thank you everyone for being here today and for all the ways in which you show up to this community. Um, It is fascinating and fantastic to get to learn about all the different ways to be so beautifully, wonderfully human. Cheers.
1: Thank you for listening to TrailerCast with Elise Snipes. Visit TrailerCast.com to listen to all of our recorded episodes, sign up for Patreon to offer support for the show, and get access to group sessions, extra bonus episodes and content, and our private Instagram account, where we continue to grow the TrailerCast community. Follow Elise on Instagram at EliseSnipes underscore collective, and learn more about her work at EliseSnipes.com. Lastly, we'd love for you to take a moment and review the show on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Cheers, and
0: see you next time.